0: I'm Megan Armstrong, and this is the Six Feet Above podcast. Six Feet Above was created when I started to share my story of spending 16 years wanting to be six feet under to now living a life full and happy six feet above. The more I started to talk about it, my struggles, my past, the more I realized that people were genuinely interested and not judgmental at all, which is what I feared for so long. And in fact, other people wanted to talk about their story as well, and for some reason trusted me to do so. So, the Six Feet Above podcast is my way of helping to share other people's stories, finding out what works for them to create a life of happiness. Before we begin this episode, I want to say that if I use the wrong terminology, misgender anyone, or say anything that may offend, I apologize. I'm learning about these topics each week as I sit down with guests, and it's never my intention to offend or belittle, only to enlighten and discuss. This is Kinsey's story. So I am honored to be sitting down with someone I've known my entire time in Atlanta. Um, Her name's Kinsey Traczynski. Again, another person I know from the fitness community. I was thinking about it. It's been since 2014 or 15. It's, I think, earlier than that. 2013, because that's when I moved here. And that's when I started working at Flywheel. And you were a little little runner front desk girl. Oh, yeah. And (laughs) we were... Rough, rough start. Yeah, it was was an interesting, interesting uh, start at that. But it's just funny that all of these experiences I've had even though they're no longer in my present I'm not working at that studio anymore I'm not working at the studio that you're currently working at that I brought you to I am so grateful for all of them because they brought all of these people into my life and if for nothing more it created all these relationships that are going to last longer than any job right so thank you for trusting me to come yeah. and be here and sit down, and we're going to go way back um, eventually, but I want to start by saying earlier this year, um, Kinsey kind of opened up to me about something that you hadn't told anyone, mm-hmm. and... I don't know if it was because I was opening up on my side with some things that I had gone through and you just trusted me, or I guess I want to get a feel from you, like why did you tell me of all people? And you'll know, once we get to this place in the in the episode, you'll know. I was thinking about about. that too, because when we sat down, like why we sat down was completely the the topic
1: was just like it just got onto it. I don't know, like we were sitting down, we were talking. I feel like a lot of times this overwhelming feeling of like I, I have to get it out like mm. I have to tell someone I don't know what else to do because I get back into the whole like I've been holding this in I feel like it's just gonna erupt at yeah. some point you know yeah. and so I think like we were just on the topic of opening up and I was like here's what's going on like I just felt like I mean you're obviously someone I look up to and someone that I'm like oh, <laughs> someone that I'm like you know I trust you and I want to you know, open up and I think while we
0: were on the topic of it, I was just like, Well, here's what's going on. Like Wow. It's all well, out there. I appreciate you opening mm-hmm. up and we will get to that. But first let's just let's introduce you. <laughs> so Kinsey is a sculpt house instructor and pepper mm-hmm. boxing coach, instructor, yeah. trainer, trainer coach. personal trainer now. Sure. Speaking of, did you take your NASM yet? I'm studying. Okay, okay. I want to be really. I want to make sure you know. I know everything. Pass the first well. time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But Kinsey um, is newer to the fitness industry. I'd say you were working at Flywheel, but you were doing more of the front desk and right. those types of duties. But as far as actual teaching and training and coaching, that's only been through the past 18 months. Mm-hmm. So I was working at the studio where Kinsey's at currently, and. She was taking my classes a bunch, and I just had known her, obviously, for years before. And I always look for people that, A, like the workout, Mm -hmm. and um, B, are good at it and kind of pick up things quickly. And I knew that you were going through kind of a rough time in your life, Mm -hmm. and it's literally just, you know, if you don't ask, you won't receive. And I asked her, hey, would you ever be interested in teaching here? And it was like, yes game on from there yeah and that was kind of your basically your start in fitness yeah
1: yeah definitely um and I that was my first job in like probably two and a half years my first job like out of retirement you know coming back out of it so let's
0: (laughs) let's get into that what were you doing for those two and a half years so I was my mom's primary caretaker for a very
1: long time Um, I took care of her full-time she had cancer. She eventually ended up dying of cancer. And after like all this happened, I was like, I got to get into something. I want to, you know, do something that I love, do something that I'm going to enjoy doing. I don't Mm -hmm. just want to jump into a job because I have to, because I need to make money. And I was lucky enough to be in a situation where I was able to kind of ease into it. And I remember thinking if I were going to teach somewhere, like, this is what I want to do. I would like, you know, I would make like, fake playlists, like for my, for my first class, you know, which,
0: which PS I know she has the most bomb playlist. I spend a lot of time on it. It's been like
1: my iTunes library It's like talk. 10 years in the making. You always got a five on that one to five scale in our reviews. You gave me, you did, you did give me a six on time. Did or, I? Or your plus, plus, plus. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Extra credit. Yeah. Extra credit on that. Um, but I always wanted to, I knew it was something I wanted to do. I could see myself doing it. And I remember when the day that you were holding auditions, I was, like, day five of the flu.
0: Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah,
1: and I almost bailed. And I remember texting you, and I was like, hey, um, I'm getting over the flu. Like, I don't know. And I was nervous, too. Yeah. I'm like, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. Course. And you put me second after Elaine. Who had been teaching forever. <laughs> yeah, and I'm just like, okay, well, I'm just going to wing it. And just, I don't know. Like, we'll see. And I, like, prepared for it, you know, yeah. like I figured out. But, um, yeah, and I remember texting you, and I was like, I'm getting over the flu. Like, I don't know. I don't know if this is... And you were like, well, this is the only day we're going to have it. So
0: I was like, fuck. All right. Like, well, here I come. <laughs> I was like, you got this, Kinsey. And yeah. That's, that's kind of my tough love nature. Yeah. Like, I believe in you so much. And I much. needed that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: I did need that for I'm sure. Like,
0: like, I believe in you. Just get your butt here. Yeah. So I feel like you... When you talk about I was my mom's primary caregiver for two mm-hmm. years, it's very like, and I don't say this in a rude or mean way. It's very like nonchalant. It's just like that was yeah. part of my life. Yeah. But that was a that was a big part of your life. Right. And your mom was a big part of you growing up and, and some of the things that she went through Yeah. Um, growing up. And she struggled with alcoholism and was diagnosed with breast cancer years ago. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So just give us a little background about. Um Your mom, and how um... yeah, I mean, my childhood was fine growing up, like it wasn't
1: so bad, mm. you know it was pretty pretty normal, general, not bad, you right. know, like it right. wasn't bad growing up until like things started. my brother and I got older, my parents got a little older, I remember my mom started having issues with her alcohol. I remember when I was like twelve years old, we got a call, and they left a voice message, and they're like we now have her incarcerated in our facilities. We pulled her over for DUI. And I was like, whoa. At 12 like, years old? Do you, yeah. you even know what that means at 12? No, I right. just remember I was like, oh my God, my mom's in jail. Like, what am I going to do? How are we going to get her out? And like, I think my parents were separated at the time and that was all happening. And like up until high school, I I moved out. I was living with my dad at the time in high school because my mom's alcohol situation was so bad. Like, I we couldn't. My brother lived with her. I had to move out. I had to get It was a very like... Hostile situation because she, you know, was struggling herself. Yeah, and I lived with my dad, and then my relationship with my dad kind of went south. And I moved out my senior year of high school, and I rented my friend's mom's like a room in her house for a hundred dollars a month, just because I was like, I I have to remove myself from this situation. I didn't know this. (laughs) Yeah, I know. And I I was like thinking about I'm like, okay, let me kind of go back and dig into yeah, oh yeah, that happened. I lived with my boyfriend at the time for a little bit, and this is still like senior year of high school um lived with my boyfriend at the time for a little bit and then eventually my mom like finally got sentenced and this was like years later and she ended up losing her license didn't have a car I moved in with her she was living in a hotel at the time Jeez.
0: and we lived in a hotel
1: together and then eventually we like got an apartment she was like 19 or 20
0: at that point yeah like
1: still going like I took a year off of high school um or right after high school okay. and then I went to I ended up like going to college she, you went to Kennesaw right <laughs> yeah okay yeah And it's just kind of interesting growing up, too, because a lot of people think that I'll turn out like my mom or, you know, that was always kind of people were letting that float around me. Like, well, you know, you know, you're going to have money issues like your mom did. And, you know, you don't and, you know, don't drink too much. You're going to end up an alcoholic like your mom was. And that was always kind of like in the back of my head. Like, oh, no, like, what if I turn out like that? Like, it could have been so much worse. Right. Um, But eventually, you know. I ended up going to school. Mom's thing ended up kind of like settling down a little bit. I was still – when we lived together in an apartment, I was still taking care of her. Like yeah. she didn't have a car. So I was driving her everywhere,
0: <clears throat> driving her to work. Did she get sober?
1: She was in and out of AA because it was court-ordered. But she okay. was. I don't think she was ever fully sober because I don't think in her mind – and there were so many great qualities about her, that, which I'll get to that. Yeah. But there were so many qualities about her that are like – you would think with someone with all these good qualities and someone with all, all this positivity right. that they would kind of see, like take their own advice, yeah. basically. Take their own advice. Um, And she, she never really, she was always like, well, I'll be sober because, you know, a court ordered me to, but I'm not going to do it on my own time. Interesting. And it's kind of like when you get... that i know people get sober all the time at later stages in life but i think she just fought it for a really long time and didn't maybe want to admit that she had a problem right and it's funny because i was actually going to AA meetings with her like before i could even drink (laughs) so (laughs) like i was like going to these meetings with her and like sitting because like just for support right right so like hearing other people's stories and i'm like oh my god like i never want to you know yeah i hope that you know that it kind of helped me to be like I don't, I'm not going to get to this point. So instead know? of being sheltered from it, it was yeah. like, hey, come see what really yeah. goes on. Exactly. And maybe this will kind exactly. of. Exactly. There's old people, young people, rich people, poor people. Yeah. And the AA meetings were definitely like, it, it did open my eyes to a lot. And, you know, like even just going through the 12 steps like right. of sobriety, like right. thinking about that. And I've never been the type of person to where like, I don't have control yeah. over my life because of the substance or right. something like
0: that. So was she diagnosed with cancer shortly after that the first time? So she was diagnosed with cancer in 97. So I was like in first or second grade. Oh, okay. So Um, this was before. Yeah, she
1: she was diagnosed with cancer. Um, She had a lumpectomy. So they like found some like cancer cells. They removed the lump. She did a round of chemo. She did a round of radiation. And she was in remission up until I believe it was 2015. 2014 I think it was 2014 um she was having all these back issues she went to the doctor and her like vertebrae were being compacted yep. because she had tumors like in her like in in between like in her bones basically and um she was going to like you know like an urgent care place because i think she was just like short on money or like didn't have the time with work right. and everything she right. was going to these she was getting x-rays and the x-rays like weren't revealing it or something um and then eventually she went i think she got an mri and they were like they did it of her whole body i think yeah and then they found tumors in her liver which were like the biggest thing because when cancer comes back it comes back as stage four there's nothing you can do to treat it right um that's what people die of Okay. um, okay when it comes to breast cancer a lot of people get you know they think about breast cancer breast cancer itself is treatable um,
0: and most most people survive you survive breast cancer, but right. when it comes back as metastatic. Um, and this is huge because I I, I mean, you gave me a one oh one in this yeah. about a year ago and like I had no idea. It's you know, we hear in society like, Oh, October is breast yeah. cancer awareness month, and you're like, Well, that's great that we're all aware it's happening, yeah. but like let's actually talk about what happens after yeah. that. So for me it was eye opening. Um That, you know, this is actual reality of of what goes on after the breast cancer.
1: And it's something that's like, it's one of those things where it's like, all right, I've been through this. You know, I've, you know, had been taking care of my mom who's been through it. And it's, I kind of got to a point where I have a platform and I have a voice and I have people that listen to me. And maybe people, I've had so many people tell me, you know, I had no idea. Like, I didn't know that. And I don't fault anyone for it. I mean,
0: right? you don't know until you like Until you're in it. Yeah, until you're in it. Um, It's just like depression. I'm like, it's really hard to understand what someone's going through unless you've been there. Exactly. So, you know, watching your mom go through that, um, I'm not even going to ask you, like, how, how was that experience? It's like, well, one could guess. Yeah. But what did you do to keep going? What did you do to keep moving?
1: I think with me, and I don't know when it started coming on or when, like, I felt this kind of need to take care of people mm. like i kind of accepted like i'm a caretaker i take care of other people i'm the person where like hey i'm strong enough to do this or i'm strong enough to get through it i can help people through it i'm just like naturally have that yeah. caretaking mindset i guess you i'm don't kind know. of
0: thrown into it yeah. at a young age exactly Seems exactly
1: like. and i've just kind of accepted it like all right here's where we're at because in my situation, there was no one else. Right. I was the only, I mean, I have a brother, my brother and my mom's relationship wasn't great because of her past with alcohol. Mm -hmm. They were not speaking actually. Um, and you know, my, the rest of my family doesn't live in, in the area and kind of everything that my mom has been through, we've all tried to help her. Right. And she's kind of, she kind of like got to a point where it's like, all right, I can only help you as much as you're willing to help yourself type of situation. And I think for the longest time she wanted to be like, no, I'm fine. Like, everything's great. Like, I've got money. I'm, you know, I don't have a problem when in reality, like, she was struggling for money. She had a problem with alcohol. She, you know, and then this, you know, the cancer came back and it was kind of just like, all right, now we're going to deal with everything. Now it kind of like, and we fluctuated between going back and forth. She lived with me for a little while. Um, and then she wasn't quite in remission, but she wasn't getting treatment and she was at a point where she was okay to drive. She was okay to, you know, live, take care of
0: herself. She could exist.
1: Yes. Um, and then it kind of, it, it it got to that point where it was like, all right, surgeries are now every other week. Chemo is every week. Um, and, you know, helping her recover from that, she wasn't able to really take care of herself in a way yeah. that, you know, and... I was the only one. Right. You know, right. It, was, it was just me. If you I don't... didn't do it, no one would. And in my mind, I'm like, I can't let this happen. Like, I can't let my mom yeah. suffer. Yeah. I can't let her, you know, take care of herself because then I would have that guilt, you right. know, of why well, I, I had the opportunity to take care of her and I didn't. So,
0: But I feel like, and this is obviously an outsider looking in, mm-hmm. um, I feel like once you got into it, it's like you felt like you had to at first, right? Mm-hmm. It was like your duty. Mm-hmm. But looking at all the stuff that you post, like Mm -hmm. you made it such a beautiful experience, especially in the last couple months of her life. Yeah. You're very creative. You're very artistic. Um, For those that don't know, Kinsey is an amazing artist. Um, And you started using that creativity. Mm -hmm. And it seemed like you were creating experiences for her that she actually could enjoy. Yeah. Rather than just taking care of her and like making sure she was still living. It was like well screw that like let's actually enjoy what we have this day because you're still alive and you're still Mm -hmm. here so tell me a little bit about how you as an individual and and what you're good at and what you love um a how you created it for her to enjoy those last you Mm -hmm. know few months of experiences and also like you can keep living like that through what you did, making those videos and right. doing all the stuff that you did for yeah. her. Yeah.
1: And when I shared it, it was just kind of like a look into like, hey, okay, here's what happens. There are really shitty parts. Mm-hmm. It was really bad, but
0: here are the beautiful can, things. Yeah.
1: It can still be, you know people lose parents all the time. You know, it's not like I'm the only one, you know, and some people have a similar situation to me. Some people don't. Um, and I think just sharing it in general, I remember going through all of this and I was like, I didn't have the support of someone who had been in my situation. Um, like I said, it was mostly just me. My brother was definitely there for support, but he wasn't like, he was like, oh my gosh, I'll do whatever you need Kinsey because I, I didn't, re- I mean, he walked in when my mom was in her, in the hospital and like, it was like probably seven days after that she died. Jeez. Um, he walked in and he was like, I had no idea it was this bad. And he was like, whatever you need, whatever you want, I will take care of it. And it's kind of like, you have to be thrown into it where it's like, oh, I get it now. Yeah. Um, but kind of just sharing my story and my, the, one, I mean, my mom had a lot of great qualities as much as they were negative And as much as, you know, things were hard, I try and focus on what was, what I can take from her yeah. and, you know, put that in my own life, you know, not the bad parts, not focus on that. Like you could dwell in the past and say, well, my mom was an alcoholic. My mom was in jail, you know, she had all these issues, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. That was part of it. But for the most part, my, I mean, I always looked up to my mom, no yeah. matter what. And when some people were like, oh, you know, we can't stand to be around, you know, we we we're done taking care of her and helping her because of this and this. It's like, well, she does have a lot of like positive things yeah. to bring to yeah. me. And she was always, always positive about what her diagnosis was. She never, she never cried about it. And she never was like, oh, my life is over. You know, I have cancer, came back. She was always like, well, we're going to treat it. And it, it's going to, you know, I'm going to live. Yeah. And she was always really positive, you know, with, with her doctor, even though, even if her doctor brought her bad news, like, hey, like, you know, your tumor markers have increased or, you know, we need to up your chemo. She'd be like, okay, well, we'll just treat it and it'll be fine. I mean, even, she was always really positive and she always had a positive spin on everything. And even when I would come to her with my own complaints, like, I'm going through this, like, even though she's literally (laughs) dying of cancer, she would focus on me and, you know, offer me support, offer me guidance. She always had the, like, I could always call her with anything and she would always give me the best, like, exactly what I needed to hear. Yeah. You know, and I think that I'm, like, I'm trying to take that and take that with me to other people and take that with me into my experiences instead of, like, oh, my life is terrible. My mom was an alcoholic. Right. This is the shit that I went through. I'm yeah. going to suffer now and bring everyone down
0: with me. And I think that's a huge theme of my whole idea for the show mm-hmm. is that, we are really in control. We are yeah. so much more in control and it, and sometimes it's harder to, to acknowledge that and grasp that when you're in it. Um, but hearing all these stories just proves that we're in control and it doesn't mean that things weren't hard and you didn't go through a lot of shit, but it mm-hmm. means that you chose to go down this path and not right. this path. You didn't right. play the victim. You're not playing the victim today. I mean, it's mm-hmm. only two years ago. That's still pretty fresh. Um, and during that, same period of time that your mom was literally dying mm-hmm. the same month. I think you said like you were getting divorced. Yeah. And I mean, it's not like we're trying to say whose life was worse and whose. Yeah. you know, it's like, no, 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 this was just my story and this is what yeah. happened and this is how I got through it. And it's almost like you don't even know how you're going to do it until you're thrown into the situation. Right. And you, you said you figured it out and yeah. you were there for your mom But I can't imagine how emotional knowing that a relationship was ending as your mother's life was also ending at the same time. And just how you got through that on a daily basis.
1: Yeah, I think like going up until like it got really bad, I kind of – and it it taught me a lot about myself and it taught me a lot about the people that I bring into my life. Mm. And, you know, instead of thinking – and I I guess – I I pull from how my mom thought, like she never thought like her life was over. And in my mind, I'm like, well, I was put in this situation to learn from it. I'm not, this isn't the end of my life, you know, just because all this is happening.
0: But um, I forgot my train of thought. (laughs) I'm just asking, (laughs) you know, really finding out like what people do on the day to day to keep, to keep mentally happy. So when you're, you're the end of your relationship, Right. Coming to the end of your mother's life. Right. What are you doing? What are you thinking about? Like, yes, you're staying strong, but like Mm -hmm. on the day to day, how do you handle that? I think
1: that I was just like tunnel vision. And I was like, this is like, I was born for this. Like, this is what, you know, I was put into right now. I have to deal with it. I'm going to get
0: through it. I don't, I didn't have another choice. Like being strong was my only choice. Was there a time after your mom died, you got divorced that you just had that? mental breakdown I think like I said tunnel vision but
1: I saw this huge light at the end Mm. of the tunnel that I was going through where I was like all right I've been taking and it, it I mean it sounds when you say it out loud doesn't sound great but I've been taking care of my mom through alcoholism through her not having a license not having a car now having you know cancer watching her die I felt like oh my gosh like she's in a better place. Yeah. She's no longer suffering. Right. She, she was like a victim or she was her own prisoner basically right. because she had this, she had so many struggles, even though there's a lot of great things about her. She had so many struggles. She had so much going on. She was struggling with alcohol. She was struggling with money, with the cancer. And it's like, oh my God, she's free. Right. How great is that? Like she's free from it. And I felt like this huge sigh of relief. Like because I was always like on pins and needles just like what's going to happen next like is she going to die right now is she going to die tomorrow am I going to come to pick her up for chemo and she's going to be laying in the bed dead and that was something that I I really feared and I was like constantly on edge like I would always text her and if she didn't text me back within like 30 seconds I'd call her and be like She's like, I'm blow drying my hair. Like, right. fuck. And you you have to laugh at it. Like, we had to find humor in things. Like we had to, I had shaved her head three times and like we laughed the entire time. Because yeah. it was just so fucking funny. Yeah. Like with the razor, I don't know, the trimmer, whatever the fuck it's yeah. called. Like it was just so funny. Like it was, it was me and her, and like there was there was no one else to be like, well, you know, Sherry, you need to do this. Like you, you know, I tried to tell her, I'm like, hey, like cancer feeds on sugar. Quit eating sugar. Like don't, I meal prepped for her. I made all of her meals. I like made her healthy stuff and I'd come over and she's got like a half gallon of ice cream in the freezer. (laughs) So it's like, but what am I going to do? What am I going to tell someone? Hey, don't do that. Like you also have to find that balance
0: of like, Hey, live your life. I so look up to you in your sense of perspective Mm -hmm. um, and your mom's perspective. It's like, oh, most most women that are basically forced to have to shave their head or, you know, they're going to lose their hair anyways. It's like that's that's an identity thing for them. So learning to look at things in perspective and realizing, like, you can either – play the blame game and feel real sorry for yourself Mm -hmm. or you can feel sorry for yourself for a second and then kind of dig yourself out and make the most of it. And I think that's with any situation in life.
1: And she never, my mom never like felt sorry for herself, at least in front of me Mm -hmm. or in front of anyone else. She was always like, yeah, I'm like, I'm doing great. I mean, she, I think her positivity is what kept her alive for two and a half years. I mean, she had tumors that like were taking over her liver and for, for whatever reason, like, they kept going down. Yeah, she was going through chemo, but there was a time where she wasn't even going through treatment and they were going down. So, so
0: what would you tell anyone out there right now that has someone close to them, whether it's a mother, father, you know, daughter, whatever, um, that is watching someone they love go through this? I think I would say
1: see the good in it and see the positives in it. And I grew a lot closer to my mom during this time, even when she was going through – you know, chemo and her and I would still get in fights. There was a time where I had to say, hey, you can't live with me anymore. You got to, you got to, you got to find your own place. You got to be on your own, you know, kind of like you got to show tough love, but you also have to take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think, oh, like a big takeaway from all of this is I got to take care of myself too. Yeah. Um And towards the end of it, like you said, after she passed, I was like, Wow, I just, I mean, it was, I went through the whole grieving process. I was definitely, like, it was, I knew it was coming, but I was still, like, distraught, obviously. And then I remember they called me to tell her she'd passed, and they were like, well, what funeral home do you want to use? I'm like, I don't fucking know. Pick the first one on the list. Like, Like, (laughs) at that point, it doesn't really matter. (laughs) Like, like, I don't give a shit. Like... And it, it, stuff like that, it definitely put things in perspective, like, hey, here's what I care about. Here's what I don't care right. about. Like, right. Like, do I, yes, I want it, I want it to be nice. And even when we were, like, planning her memorial, I was like, oh my gosh, like, I have to have, you know, I have to plan it, has to be in, um, you know, it has to be in the next week, whatever. And I did have one of my mom's really close friends, who's not my aunt, but I call her my aunt. Mm-hmm. She lives in Texas. She's, she was really a lifesaver and all of this she offered like some of the best perspective and I hadn't talked to her in years and I think it's kind of like people come into your life exactly when you need them and my aunt Patty who's not my aunt she came into the hospital she was even though I had other people that like lived in town she flew to Atlanta from Texas stayed in the hospital stayed there with me for like two days and she was like "All right, I gotta go back get back to work she helped me put mom into a hospice Mm -hmm. got her all settled Said her goodbyes. Two days later, my mom died. And so it was kind of like, it was one of those things where she was like, wow, I'm so glad I got to experience that. She helped me through it. She, it it was a lifesaver. So really people like coming into your lives, like at the right time.
0: And I would say, let them come into your lives. Let people help you. Yes.
1: And that's one thing I was always very like, well, no, I don't, I don't want to ask for help. I don't want, you know, no one wants to help my mom because she's burned bridges. Mm. You know, I don't want to be that person that's like, Hey, I need help. And I got to a point, it was when she was in the hospital. I was like, fuck it. Like I, I need help. I spent seven days in the hospital, slept in the little lean back chair Didn't eat because I was afraid if I left the room, she was going to die. And I think that like weighing on my shoulders, I was like, I don't know what's going to happen. And I think, and I remember talking to my therapist about this. I was like, I'm, I could never be in the room when like we put like our family dog down. You know, like I'm, I'm a strong person. I'm really strong. I don't like that. That's, that is not my, (laughs) that is not my, that is someone else's, that's when I clock out. And as bad as it sounds, it's just like, when I was talking to my therapist about it, she was like, You know some people they like you know your mom knew that that was something that you didn't want to do or you couldn't do or and she knew about that she wasn't going to put you through that
0: so did were you not in the room then Mm
1: -mm. I I remember leaving that night it was like nine o'clock at night Uh and I it was just me and her everyone had left um and I remember saying to her I was like look and she was kind of at the point where she it was getting harder for her to communicate she couldn't really communicate at this point um, and I w- it was just me and her in the room. The nurses came in, they were like, you know, fixing her bedding and they were, they like, you know, touched her like arms and her legs and they were like, Hey, we just want to let you know. Um, and I remember my therapist like set me up for this too. She's like, the nurses know, like up until like the 12 hour mark when it, when was going to pass. And the nurse was like, I just want to let you know. She's what's called modeling right now where her core is really warm, but her, like extremities are cold Mm. so the blood isn't circulating and and I was like I was like okay like do you have a time they were like we don't know like maybe like maybe like 24 48 hours I was like okay and I went up to her and like she couldn't communicate with me at this point she could like see me and kind of nod her head but I was like listen if you want to go you can go if you want to stay you can stay Mm. whatever you want to do do it I left I don't doubt that she died within 30 minutes of me leaving the room I went home I got in bed I was writing her eulogy literally what I was gonna say they called me probably an hour after I left and they were like hey I just want to let you know like we went to the room and she's passed and oh my I was god like, yeah it's I, <laughs> it's it's wild I don't know wild.
0: how you know, I don't know how you hold it together because I can't hold it together um. there there are times where
1: I think and I'm when I get in this I'm like I didn't, like, I didn't cry. You're on cry. auto mode.
0: You, you, Kinsey's on auto mode. And I'm over here, like, in tears. Like
1: Even even at her uh, memorial, I got up there, and I spoke, and everyone was, like, like boohooing And I'm just like, thank you so much for coming. Like, <laughs> We've got snacks and drinks like out oh. in the lobby. Like I, like I get on autopilot, yeah. and this I'm like, yeah, hey. But there's times but when you I break have your down. Breakdowns. Yeah, yeah. And kind of after seeing that, like even like going back to asking for help, I remember being in the hospital, and I was like, I need fucking help. Yeah. I posted on Facebook, and I'll be like, I'm never gonna be the person that like posts on Facebook. I don't want people to know that like I'm going through something, or like be the person that's like, oh, I had a really bad day, you yeah. know, like, and I want attention. But I was like, hey. Um, here's the situation. I need help. Yeah. I need here's what I need. And I like, I was like, I need recommendations for hospice. Like, I didn't know what the fuck to do. Right. I was like, I need someone to be here because I'm gonna have to leave and go tour these hospices, basically. Right. And I had an outpouring of people show up for me, call me, come. I was like, don't even call me. I'm not even gonna answer, show, Just up. show up. Yeah. And I had people, it was literally like from elementary school. People that I went to elementary school with, their parents showed up because we had a relationship with them, like, you know, years and years ago. I and, mean,
0: we should be using Facebook and social media for good stuff yes, like this, and you know? Yes, like, and like, I remember Ask that. for help. If you yeah. need
1: it, ask for it. Yeah, exactly. And that, to me, I was like, okay, like, I get it now. I'm okay asking for help. And that was kind of like the, hey, you need to be okay asking for help. But, you know, kind of seeing all that happen and going through it, planning the memorial, um, and me feeling, like, this pressure of, oh, I have to do it by this time, my – fake aunt was like you don't have to do anything Kinsey you can do it on your own time you can do it with whatever feels right like you don't don't feel the pressure to do you know this huge elaborate memorial or like have it in a certain time do it when you're ready and I was like you're right and I I got into this mindset of my mom's free now I want to feel free and I was in a marriage at the time that was not for me it was not for us and um I filed for divorce like two years two weeks after.
0: After your mom died. Yeah. Wow. Like you just were like, this isn't serving me. I don't want to do this. And you were young, right? This was you're 26, 25 at the time? Yeah. Yeah. I think it was Uh, two years ago. Twenty-six, yeah. Twenty six. Yeah.
1: And I was like, this is not after like seeing my mom go through all that, I'm like, I can't I I can't live my life. Yeah. You know, I I need to thrive and I need to do what's best for me. And after being a caretaker for so long, I was like, it's time to take care of me. Good for you. I was ready to, you know, live my own life, figure out what I wanted instead of, you know, kind of living someone else's life or what, you know, what was expected of me or what other people wanted me to do or kind of like, you know, keeping up with the Joneses or like, you know, once you have this, you'll be happy. Once you have that, you'll be happy. Once you, you know, live in this zip code, you'll be Mm -hmm. happier. You know, once you have these shoes, you'll be happy and it's just not that it's I've I was so humbled by it all and I was so um I guess I just felt really free yeah and I was like this is not what my life is about because I mean my mom had money issues and she felt like you know she needed this she needed that she was constantly trying to I think kind of act the part of something that she wasn't mm. and after seeing that and I'm like wow like she lived her life kind of like this and what do you have to show for it right like, right
0: so I, I'm I'm just so impressed that you took that leap of following for divorce and realized that it just it wasn't the right fit and you didn't do anything wrong and he didn't do anything wrong and it's just it just didn't work out and well we're not here. <laughs> we're not gonna go there I know. but um,
1: I know I don't want to make it sound like oh my god it was just like we just got married and got divorced because like it was shitty. Yeah. It was a shitty relationship. But it's just kind of like it wasn't serving me and it wasn't right. It wasn't and a right fit. I've talked
0: to several people about this and granted I have been talking to more people about their kids and I don't have kids. I've been yeah. talking to more people about their, you know, marriages and I've never been married. But what I have told people, it's like even if you are fifty years old let's say you live another 30 years you really want to be with that person that makes you miserable for another 30 years yeah so you're 25 years old at this point and you realize like no this isn't who i want to be with this doesn't serve me he Mm -hmm. doesn't make me happy none of the stuff that he's offering me or the situations i've been put in even though they look real good from the outside Mm -hmm. because you did have it pretty good for a little while and even i i looking in was like oh it must be nice you Mm -hmm. know and I didn't know what was happening. Yeah. So, even all of that, it's like you have to really be honest with yourself. Yeah. And if you choose to live that way, that's on you. Yeah. You know, and yeah. you were like, no, I'm done. And I think maybe like your mother dying and the strength that you had to have for that gave you the strength yeah. to do this. Yeah. Yeah. And it was it definitely wasn't like
1: an impulse decision. Like I had retained an attorney before that. Like it, it was definitely like in the works. Yeah. It just like the sugar hadn't been pulled. And then yeah. I was like, you know what? I mean, it was, it was, it was a mutual, like, it's not like any of it was. A yeah, um, yeah. But going through that, I mean, I don't know anyone my age who's been divorced, and I'm like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do. I was like, all right, I got a car. I can live out of my car. I can put my golden retriever in the back. Oh, chill. I'm like, I'm like, it'll be fine. Yeah. Like, worst case scenario. But like, I had, I had people to support me, yeah. you know. Yeah. And, and like you had the, already asked for help once. Yes, So now you yes. can do it again. And so I, I knew that like. Everything was going to work out. I mean, it
0: it it worked out. So we've talked a lot about your mom. Mm I want to talk about your dad. Okay. And this is where the first part of the episode. I said you would know exactly what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. So here we go. Here we go. Um, You found out recently. I would say. I would say in
1: 20. I guess, what, mom died in
0: 17? I guess it would have been in 2016. Okay, so three years ago, mm-hmm. that your father is transgender. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's define what transgender really means. Mm-hmm. Tell us in your own words.
1: Um, I would say it's someone who was born a certain gender, and they feel like they
0: were meant to be another gender okay Um, does that mean he has transitioned like do you actually go through that process so he's chosen to be a female or live that way anyways okay and
1: how did he tell you he basically sat my brother and I down for dinner one night like we went to dinner he's like let's go to dinner is he dressed as a man like I don't so at that time, yes, he okay, was. So he's um, still dressing as a man in front yes, of you. Yes. Okay. And um and like we had no idea. Oh yeah. No idea. Like no, even like little hint of an idea. I had, and I'm someone who can like find things yeah. out. I'm a Scorpio. Like I know, <laughs> You're I know scrappy. what's going on. I can be like, all right, let me read between lines. Uh-huh. Here. Had no idea. Um, he sat me and my brother down and basically said he. He handed us a note. He was like, "There's gonna be some changes happening. I have to tell you guys something." And I like reached over and I like squeezed my brother's leg. I was like, "What the fuck is he? What is he about to say? Like, what? What could he possibly? Right. What could like? Is he gonna die? Like, I don't know." Um. And he sent. He gave us this little note because I, I feel like he couldn't put it into words and tell us. Yeah. And it said, you know, I have made a decision that I'm. You know, I felt like it. It was always something that I wanted and something that I needed to do is basically live my life as a transgender woman. And I remember reading that being like, what the fuck? But my first thought was, and I remember my brother spoke first and he was like, Dad, we love you no matter what. And I was like, and my brother and I are like real close. Yeah. So, and we both have the same like thoughts and kind of um, opinions on things as far as like, we're both type of people where it's like, if you want to do what you want to do, do what you want to do. Yeah. Like. I'm not going to, I'm not going to hate you because of it, you right. know? And so it was definitely reassuring to like have my brother there for that support. Absolutely. Because like, I was like, fuck, like I'm taking care of my mom. Like, how am I going <laughs> to deal with this? Like, <laughs> and then my marriage, I'm like, I don't, this is too much. We put this on hold for now.
0: <laughs> Can um, you stay a man just for one more year? Like, wait,
1: <laughs> just wait. Um, And I had all these like thoughts going through my head and I was like, I kept thinking like, Surely he won't go through with this. Like, there's no way. Like, I feel like I'm already losing my mom. Like, how can I, um, how can I, I feel like I'm losing my dad now. Like, as time went on. You know, I started thinking about it, and I had a lot of questions. I I was in therapy for my divorce. We were in couples therapy, and I ended up having to go by myself all the time because I was like, what the fuck? Like, how do I deal with this? And it's so funny. The therapist that I picked for our couples therapy. yeah happened to be out of I don't know how I remember telling my mom about it I'm like was talking about my therapist I was like yeah this name is Susan and my mom was like wait what was her name I told her, her last name she was like Kinsey that was your dad and I's um like divorce therapist really when a, it was a court ordered back in Forsyth County I was gonna say so this lady's older yes. clearly older I was like I wanted someone who's been doing this for right? 30 plus years it was the same Therapist, oh my gosh, that worked with them when they went through their divorce. That is bizarre. So it's really wild. And of course, I told her that, and she like she couldn't comment on it because, right? Yeah, you know, confidentiality. Yeah, but I was yeah. just like, little do you know, little like, do you know. So she knew my whole history. Oh my god, yeah, it was pretty wild. Um,
0: but anyway, so what was your? So you said that your brother's reaction to the note was, "We love you." Yeah. What, what was yours?
1: And I was like, I mean, I felt the same way. I was my my first thought was, I. I cannot believe my dad has held this in for so long. And now finally at 56 has had the courage to come out and tell us. Hi. That was my first thought. But then, you know, after the dinner, I was like, Sam, stick around. We need to chat. And I was like, I was like, I, I don't, the, my world has been turned upside down. Yeah. Like how, what in the world? Um. And I, I kind of, I was really angry for a while. I was yeah. really angry because I was like, fuck you, like this is someone who I thought I knew for 25 years of my life Yep. and now that's
0: gone. You pull the rug from under me. Yeah. yeah. And
1: I was like, what the fuck? And I had like questioned my own being. I had to question like, did you even want children? Did you, right. like, why did you get married? Why did you, you know, have children? Like, did you even want us? And my, I remember my therapist was like, well, go t- you need to go have a conversation with him, write down all the questions that you yeah. want to know and ask him those questions. Um, and you know, kind of, force not force him but like ask questions yeah you know don't just be in the dark about it like right. have the conversation i'm the type of person where i'm like let's have try a conversation. to understand him yeah. right yeah. try to yeah. understand what he went through and, and he made a comparison he said you know which and and in his, and, and his mind you know this is what made sense to him like he's still trying to make sense of it too mm-hmm. he went through his own struggles his whole life yeah like, He said, you know, it's kind of as if, you know, you wanted to your whole life, you wanted to take a trip to Europe and you haven't had the opportunity to take a trip to Europe. You had, you know, your work obligations, you had family obligations, you know, you really wanted to take this trip, but things kept getting, you know, things were in the way. It wasn't the right time, blah, blah, blah. Well, now things have, things are in a position where he's like, this is the right time. This is, this is now where I feel comfortable coming out basically wow. and he said you know I, I did everything I could to fight it he said I felt like this since I was probably six or seven years old wow six or seven years old
0: for 50 years he yeah. felt that way and he finally took the step so no matter what you're dealing with or what you're feeling like it is never too late yeah to yeah. live your truth and and he went in explaining
1: it to me he said you know my whole life I tried to fight it. He said he grew up in an Italian Catholic, mm, oh, you know, Northeast yeah. family. Like, yeah. hell no. Yeah. He did everything. That's not he, gonna he, fly. Yeah, He did everything he could to fight it. And he played football in college. He joined the Marines. And, and it, it makes me so sad that this is what he struggled with. And I had no idea. And now he's finally opened up about it because I can see now how that affected him just in the 25 years that I knew him. Right. And kind of how he handled situations. My mom said, you know, he, he was kind of, had, had like social issues or like yeah. wasn't great socially. Yeah. And obviously they got divorced for a reason. You know, I, I, don't, I don't know the details of that. Um, but he said he literally joined the Marines in the hopes that he would go into combat and die because he couldn't, he didn't have the courage to kill himself. Wow. Yeah. And like hearing my dad say that and I'm like, Wow, and you obviously didn't die in the Marines. You lived and you ended up having a family and now here you are and you get to like live your life. Wow. Yeah. I feel like I just wanna be friends with him. It's it's a good time. Yeah. I mean it's it's still it's still fun and it's still, you know
0: But again, let's let's hope he lives until he's eighty five, nine years old, that's another thirty years of exactly. life. He can actually live exactly. the way he wants to live.
1: And and this all happened, my dad told us this before my mom passed. So I was I actually did tell my mom about this. And my mom's first reaction was she started crying and she said, I feel so bad for him that he has had to hold this in his entire life. And, like, that's my mom's grace coming through. Right. Like, and then, of course, he got pissed, like, later. You know? (laughs) Like, like we all do. You know? Like, but your first reaction is, I I feel so bad for him that he, and not, like, in a bad way. Like, not in a negative way. Oh, I feel bad for you. But, like that you, that he's been holding this in and he's been having to live with this his whole life and hasn't been able to tell anyone yeah. or hasn't told anyone how or exhausting hasn't. Exhausting that must yes, be. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And, but it definitely kind of like, all right, now I understand, like everyone has their own shit going on. Like yeah. my dad had shit going on. And like, even when he was, you know, when I was living with him in high school and we would like get in fights or we would, you know, our relationship was bad. Like you never know like what he was
0: doing with that day. Yeah. Even though I'm sure I wasn't the best teenager. This is, uh, same, <laughs> same. Oh, gosh, I have stories. But I think this, and after, you know, it's been a few weeks now that we've had, that I've had these episodes out, and people are literally coming up to me, like, I, I was at a studio the other day, and literally coming up to me talking about the episode we just released the day before, mm-hmm. and they want to talk to me about it now. And yeah. I'm like, this is amazing, because the more we talk about it and learning that everyone is going through something or has gone through something, it allows us to be a little bit less judgmental and a little bit more compassionate. Yeah and i think if we can start there Mm -hmm. and understanding other people again i always say even sheldon said it on the first one like we're not fixing we're understanding Mm -hmm. so if you can understand like what he had gone through and like oh now it explains everything yes and now it's like oh i kind of feel bad for being judgmental or whatever but it's okay because you're making the steps right now to change the way you perceive it in the future right And I think that's huge. And for you, it's teaching you with whoever comes into your life, Mm -hmm. um, whether they're in it for a day or the rest of your life, Mm -hmm. to take that grace from your mom, Mm -hmm. that compassion from your dad, and and really pass that along to everyone that you surround yourself with. And I see that in you all the time. Um, You're a little bit of a hard ass, But at the root of you taught me, I know, I know. Megan taught me. (laughs) I remember at the men's (laughs) at the men's event, you're like, I just want to be you when I grow up. I'm like, oh boy. I was like, I was watching
1: her. I was like, look at Megan, look at her go. And you're like telling fucking 22 men what to do. Oh, it was great. It was great.
0: Listen, I miss it. I'm coming back. I'm coming back somehow, some way, some studio. But, but I think at the at the the heart of it is we're very similar. you sit down with us you get to know us a little bit mm-hmm. and there's so much more than what you see yeah. the outside yeah. and the whole the whole hard shell exterior front is really just a front yeah um, so I think you're the way you know there's so many paths you could have chosen with these three huge mm-hmm. things happening in the first 28 years of your life mm-hmm. um, you could be sitting here yeah. miserable you could be hating the world you could be you know, literally a a, a thorn in everyone's side, Mm but you have chosen the complete opposite. Yeah. And you recently told your boyfriend about your father, and Mm -hmm. I remember you telling me, because I asked you if you're ready to tell your story yet, and he was the number one person that needed to know first before we put it out in the world. Um, And I told you, I'm like, Kinsey, he is the type of guy that will love you no matter what. Mm -hmm. I guarantee it. And if he's not, not then he's not the one for you. Yeah. And that's what it comes down to. If there's people in your life and they don't understand what you're going through, or at least try to understand, mm-hmm. then you don't want them in your fucking life anyways. Yeah. It's too short. Yeah. It's, it definitely is way
1: too short. Like, I don't want to waste my time trying to please someone or trying to be like, oh, let me hide this part about me or, you know, not let people know, you know, that, that I've got this going on or this has happened in my past. Like, who cares what happened in your past? Like, it's it's what you're doing now. Like, exactly. learning from it now. And it's definitely taught me a lot about my friendships, my relationships, and just, you know, who I pick to be in my life. Absolutely. Which is, you know, it's a big deal. Um, And I don't know. I mean, you never know. Like, you know, some people may say, yeah, I'm okay with it or, you know... You know, it, it's hard to tell, like, what's going on in other people's heads because you have to, like, let them process it. Right. Like, you know, hey, not only am I divorced, but also I have a dead mom and, you know. Right. Also, my dad is not he's dad not, anymore. Not... <laughs> you want to come along for this ride? <laughs> like, buckle up. Yeah, yeah. No, so he's... it's it's different, but it's also, and, like, one thing my boyfriend said to me is he's like, you know, someone else's actions and, you know, what someone else is doing or has done, like, that doesn't that doesn't affect me like that's not that's what's that's what
0: they want to do you know it's not like it's affecting me and that's like it's like the whole so learning to take control of the stuff that we can yeah and let go of all the other crap yeah that's i started that that whole like hashtag like monthly thing like take control and change Mm -hmm. it's like just change the things you can and stop Mm -hmm. obsessing about the stuff you can't control because it's not going to change anything right So I really want to ask, um, like, what's your dad doing now? Like, is he living as a woman? (laughs) Is he he really?
1: He is. And it's, I'm not good at the pronoun thing, and I I feel bad. I'm like, I think about it, I'm like, oh, fuck. But it's also kind of like, most people don't know. Most people aren't aware. Like, it's hard. It's hard to change. Like, hey, I've been calling you dad my whole life, and now, like, it's not dad anymore. Um, There was a period of time where he was flip-flopping back and forth. Sometimes, I didn't know who I was going to get. I didn't know if I was going to get dad. I didn't know if I was going to get Annie so Annie that's his name I love it I know it's and like she has already changed all of her like legal documents um you know driver's license passport and I think you know that once kind of getting over that hump is like the all right I feel like I feel free now like just like you know my mom's free now my dad's free and I think it's I I I Definitely admire my dad a lot for doing this. I mean, he came out to his entire Marine Corps group that he still hangs out with really? they have a reunion every year. He came out to them. He came out to his Italian Catholic family, went to family reunions. And my dad is very lucky that everyone has every he's gotten mostly positive he's yeah. mostly positive response. I mean think about that situation. Can you imagine coming out, you know, whether you're gay, whether you're bi, whether you're transgender and you don't get acceptance, right? Um, that's a huge thing too. So my dad has been very lucky with that, but it's, it's still a struggle. It's, and I know it's still going to be a struggle. My biggest thing is, you know, all right, we've gotten over all these humps, but there's still speed bumps ahead. What's going to happen when I have kids, right? How, what, how do we, how do we do this? And it's kind of like, well, I've already, like, gone through this. Like, now I'm kind of, like, throw something else at me. Yeah. (laughs) Throw something else at me and, like, we'll deal with it. I I have a lot more patience for situations. And now my boyfriend would probably tell you different. But I feel like I have, like, a lot – I let a lot of things roll now where I'm, like, normally I would get mad. And there was a time where I did – where I was getting really angry at a lot of things. I had a lot of anger. I was mad about my mom. I was mad about my dad. I was mad about my divorce. And I kind of just, like – got to a point where it was like, you know what, It's things are not that bad, you know, I, I really took the time to focus on myself and I spent a year, almost two years now living by myself, yeah. kind of like finding myself again, finding out what, who I am and who, like what brings me joy and what... You know, experiences like even like the way I dress, like people are like, "Wow, like you dress so different!" Like I got yeah. a tattoo on my arm now. Like what the fuck? <laughs> like I had my quarter life crisis, and you know, I'm like, okay, I I feel like I can breathe now. I yeah. feel free. I've spent this time caring for other people, like you know, and dealing with other people. Well, I I also have to draw a line somewhere and say, well, I need to take care of myself.
0: Well, and I think you had to kind of redefine your identity because Mm -hmm. for a long time you were you were the one taking care of your mom and taking care of your family and it's like she's gone and, and yes you're you're grateful that she's in a better place and she's mm-hmm. not suffering but it's almost like you lost the identity of caretaker yes so finding this new identity mm-hmm. in fitness yeah which is also very much a caretaker's yes. field okay,
1: you're, god, you're so damn good at this you're so good at this i'm telling See?
0: you girl this is what i want to do this is even it even just
1: talking to you and the things you said i'm like oh god i'm glad that you're coming up with that and not me you yeah know? Like,
0: this is the way my brain thinks yeah. all the time yeah. now i'm just putting it out in the the world. I love it. I love um, but you know, we are who we are because of how we grew up. I am. I'm a believer of that, and you can definitely change a lot of aspects right. of that. But at the root of it, you thrive on helping people in a positive way with um, kick-ass music, like we've already discussed. So but it's like for me I've always looked at teaching fitness as an hour in a studio or a dark spin room or whatever it is where we can all escape together and all of the shit that you worried about will be there when you get when you leave this door and and this is an hour for you to just zone yeah. out check out and be in the moment, and it's why I was such a hard-ass, I'm like, don't bring your phones in here, you don't need your phone, you got your watch, it's fine, (laughs) but like, leave your phones outside, like, connect with all the people in the room, and I I remember, and you're, if I had to go back and take classes, I'd be going to your class, for sure, because you create that sort of environment, and that sort of um, culture, in just those 50 minutes that you're teaching.
1: Yeah, and I think that like, I, it happened without me even thinking and a a lot of the way things kind of unfold, it's done in a way that I don't think about, like, it just kind of falls into my lap. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's how things have kind of worked out for me. Um, instead of me being like, Oh my God, what am I going to do? Like, don't just think about it. Just have faith and have like the understanding that you're going to be okay. Everything's going to happen, how it's supposed to happen, you know, you're teaching 18 classes a week right now because this is what you need to do, but I, yeah, yeah, we'll see. Um, And just kind of like being the person that can, you know, help people with whatever they're getting through in that moment, in that 50 minutes without even having to think about it or try too hard. Like, you know, I've had clients tell me like they, they go to leave the room and, and I had someone say to me last week, they're like, do they do they coach you on, like, what to say? Like, in that last little part, that, like, motivation, I was like, I was like, no, like, that's all us. Like, you know, we, yeah. we're here to make your day better. And she goes, because y'all have me leaving here on cloud nine. And I was like, that's, amazing. that's that's why I do this. That's why we do it. That's exactly yeah. why I do it. Yeah. Like, if I can make a difference in one person's life, I mean, even just, like, the, the few things that I either talk about or post about and someone says, hey. I mean, I have strangers reach out to me and say, hey, I went through this and here's... Just They just, you know, kind of blurted out, like, here's what I'm going through, and I'm that person, because I didn't have that, right but now I'm that person to talk to them, like, hey, you lost a parent. I always say, you know, I, I had a friend say to me after my mom died, because she had lost her father, too. She said, um, losing a parent is something no one understands until they do understand. yeah And you can have people, you know, like you, who offer your support, but it's like having that person who's been through what you've been through. And or is going through what you've been through. And like I don't I don't know anyone who's transgender. I don't know anyone who has a transgender parent. Like right. but until I open up about it and actually talk about it and say, Hey, like I would love to be able to like talk about it and kind of like see, you know, what someone else is feeling. You know, maybe I can help someone who, you know, relate to someone who's going through a divorce, like I didn't know what to do. Right. But I got through it. And maybe there's someone who's not as strong as me who I'm that person for them. And I think in this community and what you're doing, bringing people together, like even in Atlanta, I know it's going to grow, but in Atlanta, like we we all know each other, like for the most part, a lot of us know each other and you're like, wait a minute, like this is someone I know and this is what they've been through.
0: And now you create that connection where it's like, holy shit, I had no idea. And that, that is my goal with this is to, you know, for, I was telling someone the other day, I'm like, for 20 years I've been teaching people how to use their bodies. Mm -hmm. I started at 17 teaching swim lessons and I worked with kids for 14 years and then adults. And now I want to teach people how to actually use their brains and their thoughts and their yeah. minds to take control of yeah. their life. And it goes beyond physical fitness. Mm-hmm. So for you, I think this is just the beginning for you. And yeah. I'm excited to see I'm excited. what happens. It'll be good. For both of us. Right? Yeah. This month? <laughs> Live shows coming soon. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. um Anything else you want to add for anyone listening out here?
1: I think just like, you know, as much positive as we talk, I'm, I'm not perfect. Yeah. And my downfalls, I definitely like, I slip up. I have times when I'm angry, and that's okay. Sometimes I'll just start crying. Like you said, like, I, I get an autopilot, and I'm like, I just have to be the strong one. And there are times when I'm like, I just miss my mom. Yeah, I mean, I I mean, I broke down in front of my boyfriend. He's like, "What's wrong?" I'm like, I'm, "I just have those moments, you know." And it's fine to have them. It's fine to not have them. Everyone deals with things differently. I'm by no means am I perfect, and I don't know it all. But I know a little bit, and if I can use that little bit to like at least be there for someone, yeah. be the person or be the friend that I didn't ha- that I didn't necessarily have that some that I can bring someone up, then I think that's that's why I was.
0: I went through what I went through. And just talking about it on yeah. this platform makes it okay yeah. to talk about. Yes. And yes. encouraging people no matter what Absolutely. they're going through. Absolutely. It, it doesn't matter what you're going through, it's gonna be okay. Yeah. And I know it's cliche, like
1: you're not alone, but like you're really not. You're not. And there there's other people that are going through what you went through. There's other people who might go through what you went through and you know, just just know that it'll get better. Like it'll all work out in the end. Absolutely. Yeah just got yeah. a
0: little faith a little faith a little faith <laughs> well thank you i Thanks, really Meg. appreciate you coming on thank you so much telling your story and i'm excited to see I'm what excited happens too. in your future and my future and um i love you i love you thank you so much for listening to this episode of six feet above i'm your host megan armstrong Subscribe so you never miss another episode, and follow me on Instagram at six feet above podcast to keep the conversation going. Tune in next week for a brand new episode. This episode is a product of audiographies, produced by Denaure Sapulia, edited by Jacob Smolian, and the music was by Keenan Willis. Funded by yours truly. I'll see you next time.